Hello, and welcome to the teaching ministry of Impact Family Church. For more information, including service times and directions, or to find out more about us, you can visit our website at www.impactfamilychurch.com. We trust you'll be blessed by today's message. We're going to go back to my subject of two weeks ago. We're talking about money, money management. And you know what? You know, you just have to understand that that there's a practical side to life, a practical side to living. Does I seem a little loud to you? Why don't we turn me down just a little bit? Hallelujah. Pastor had an instructor years ago at Ramah when he was there, and his, one of his big things that he said, which always stuck with me, is this. If it's not practical, it's not spiritual. You know, and there's a practical side of everything God tells us, he instructs us all in and out of the Word of God, because it's practical when we're able to apply it to our lives. And God knows that we are spiritual beings living in a natural world, and there's a natural side of things that we need information and help with. And money management is one of those things. And, um, you know, we've said this before, that prosperity is a progression. There's no doubt in my mind that God wants us all to prosper. He intends for us to prosper. He takes pleasure in the prosperity of his people. That is not just spiritual prosperity. That's natural money prosperity. He wants us to prosper in all things, but even in money things. He wants us to be well supplied, be self-sufficient, be able to give to every good work that comes our way. He wants us to have an abundance. The word rich, when he says he wants to make you rich, is he wants to make you so well supplied that your needs are all met and you've got money left over to be a blessing to somebody else. I mean, that's the whole, that's what rich is. If you lived in Africa, rich is two goats and a cow. You know, for here, it's a little different. Thank you, Jesus. I don't need two goats, and I sure don't want a cow. <laughs> you know, but that's what he means by rich, is that all your needs are met. And see, we need to get to a place where our attention is not focused on us and what we need to just get by. He wants us to get to the place where our needs are so well met that we can focus on the work that he wants to do in the earth and be a participator in that work. And so, you know, I also said that there is no amount of faith that can make up for poor money management. So that's why we're talking about money. Because sometimes we're not doing as good a job handling money as we should. But you know what? The Bible's got a lot to say about how you handle money. Um, I was actually looking in through the book of Proverbs today. And Proverbs is known as the book of wisdom. And uh, it's got so much to say about money. It talks about how to be fair and honest with your money handling, to be wise, how to be careful with money, how to be a saver, being a hard worker, uh, leaving an inheritance to your children, being a good manager of your money, um, integrity in money matters. It talks about co-signing. It talks about work ethics. talks about giving. talks about planning for the future. I mean, it talks about all kinds of things. That's what it's for. And so, you know, in fact, is I went back and I found a verse uh, or a passage of Scripture in Haggai today, and it says, Now, therefore, says the Lord of hosts, consider your ways. You have sown much and bring in little. You eat but have not enough. You drink, but you're not filled with drink. You clothe you, but you're not warm. And he that earns wages earns wages to put it into a bag with holes. Thus says the Lord of hosts, consider your ways. So if you're having some issues financially, maybe it's time to stop and consider our ways. You know, God wants us to get to a place where we've got this all down pat. that We understand money, understand how to handle finances. And, you know, we, we talked about a verse over in uh, Luke that says, For the children of this world are in their generation wiser than the children of light. The Williams translation of that says that the children of this world act with more business sense than the men who enjoy spiritual light. Well, now that should not be so. We should be some of the wisest people around when it comes to money. But we aren't always. And, and it has to be taught. Somebody has to teach it. It should start in the home. You know, when we raise children, we should actually take the time, you know, to teach them about handling money and start them at a young age. You give them a dollar for an allowance when they're little, you know, and you, and you teach them that, number one, God gets the first dime. 
and, and then they need to save some. And then they can put some of this away and maybe save it up for something big that they want. Of course, when you've only got a dollar, you know, a big thing is something that costs $5. You know, as, and we kind of mature in what it costs as we get older, you know. But uh, so we're going to talk about budgets again tonight. Now, I, I don't know about you, but I so enjoyed what Kira had to say <laughs> before. It's like, man, when she got through, give me a deep, can I get, get a deep breath here? You know, <laughs> but so we're probably going to say some things tonight that she said, maybe try to elaborate on it a little bit, but we need to get to a place where we, we're not finding ourselves in a financial hole all the time. And, and so a budget is a thing that can help us. It's not a negative word. A budget is not a bad word. It's not a bad thing. It's a wonderful thing. And, um, you know, in Proverbs 24, verses 3 through 4, it says, Any enterprise is built by wise planning, becomes strong through common sense, and profits wonderfully by keeping abreast of the facts. That's the, the Living Bible says that. So, really, a budget is a plan of action. You say, well, I don't have a budget. Well, then you just plan to fail. You just plan to fail if you have no plan of action. And that's what a budget is. I mean, there's that, that old adage that says failure to plan is a plan to fail. And so, you know, once you've been taught about budgets, you need to have a budget. You need to get a budget together. Well, people say, I just don't have much, enough money coming in. That's my problem. Well, that may be, but what are you doing with what you have? Why don't you have enough money to cover what your expenses are? Have you overcommitted yourself? Are you buying things you don't need to be buying? You know, there are people, I understand, that are barely meeting the necessities of life. But I'm telling you, well, that's where God comes in. That's where serving God and putting God first comes in, into the picture. But for a lot of people, the fact that they don't have enough money to meet their obligations is their own fault. Because they've committed to things they should, should never have committed to. There are plenty of affluent-looking people who are so in debt that they don't know which way to turn. You look at them, they live in a big house, they're driving a fancy luxury car, and they are in debt out the wazoo. I mean, they are so over their heads in debt. It's, it's ridiculous. And then there are just these quiet, unassuming people, like some guy next door, who lives a fairly modest life, who's a millionaire, and you would never know it. So you can't look at people and say, well, they've, they, they've got everything they need. They're just so wealthy. They're rolling in money. They, they don't have any money worries. They don't have any cares. Listen, the people that sometimes you think are the ones that don't have any money worries have the biggest money worries. You look at somebody, you think, oh, he's a doctor. He makes plenty of money. Oh, he's keeping up with the Joneses. He has to belong to a, belong to a golf a country club or something. He has to live in this fancy neighborhood. He has to do this. He has to do that. He has to keep up appearances. And so he, he has no money. He has no future. He has no retirement. He has no savings plan. He is disaster looking for a place to happen. There's a lot of people. I mean, I, I, I know of a particular doctor that, that we used years ago for something who went under financially. He was a specialist. Making, I'm, I'm sure he was making a, a good salary, but he was spending more than he was taking in. Pastor Greg was told me a time about a, a man who was, I think, um, I want to say he was a doctor as well. And, and Pastor Greg, when he was in Jacksonville, you know, uh, helping out the blacks in the church they started over there, he worked for a financial institution. And he said this man came in and refinanced his house more than once because he couldn't keep up with his debt. I mean, that's just not any way to live. Debt, we talked about debt the last time, about how debt is just bondage. If the enemy can, can trick you into or convince you to take on more than you need to take on, he will have you in a place that he can have a stranglehold on your mind and a stranglehold on your life because everything you're doing then is to try to find enough money to get yourself out of the trouble you got yourself into. And that's no way to live. 
And so a budget will help you get out of all of that. Um, Proverbs 26.2 says, The curse causeless shall not come. We've been redeemed from the curse of the law. God wants us to have prosperity, but if there's still, there's still lack in our lives, let's look around and find out what the cause might be. Uh, Hosea 4.6 says, My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Listen, knowledge is power that will lead you to wisdom and action. When you know what's going on, when you know, when you've got, you've got a full, complete picture of what's happening in your life financially, it will, then you can go and, and make a plan. You'll have action to put to, with your faith, and, and God will give you the wisdom to implement all these things. But here's one of the things. Proverbs 29, 18 says, where there is no vision, the people perish. I could substitute that and say, where there is no budget, the people perish financially. And Habakkuk says this, write the vision and make it plain upon tables that he may run that reads it. The Amplified says, may read it easily and quickly. Write, you said, well, I kind of have a budget. I kind of I know what comes in and what comes out. Well, have you written it down? Is it in writing? Now, Kim, uh, Kira made, a, made a, uh, a joke about people who still have check registers. I have one, and, and I can go sit down at any time, pull up my bank account online, and I can balance my checkbook any day of the week. You know, I know exactly what's in there and what's not in there. I, can, I, can, I know exactly what, it, and it'll come out to the penny every single time. I'm just anal enough that I don't care if it's a penny off when the bank comes in. We're going to find out whose penny that is. Is that my penny? If it's, not, if it's my penny, you better give me my penny. If it's not my penny, you better take your penny back. And I have done that before. I'm going, no, this is wrong. You did this, did it, did it, and that really is your two cents. You need to take it out because my bank book is going to look exactly right. But in the very back of my bank book, my bank register, is my budget. I've got it all laid out week by week. Because we get paid weekly, I've got it laid out. In every, every week, every week has got things assigned to every paycheck. And that's what a budget's for. So you always know where you are. Um, budget means freedom in financial areas. A budget will help you meet your immediate needs. A budget helps you meet short-term goals. Well, what do I mean by short-term goals? How about giving to a particular project? You know, that's a short-term goal. When we had the building, we were trying to pay off the building. You know, I had, I had a goal every month of what I wanted to put in the building fund. I knew this was a short-term thing. Of course, you know, it lasted 10 years, so it's not as short-term as some things. But then there's how about a, vaca a family vacation? That's a short-term goal. If you have a budget, you can look for ways to take money a little bit at a, at a time and put it in, into that budget so that you have the money for a vacation when it comes time for the vacation. How about Christmas? Don't come up on the Christmas season and go, ah, okay, I just go charge everything. No, you don't do that. You, you plan for it. Have, some banks used to have, I don't know if they still do or not, a Christmas club where you put money aside all year long so that when Christmas time comes, you've got, you got the money sitting there. Great. How about special occasions? I remember 24 years ago when we, our 25th anniversary was coming up, and we had planned to go to Hawaii. I had said for years, we're going to Hawaii for our 25th anniversary. I started saving for that two years, taking a little bit aside every week, just a little bit, a little bit here and there. That added up to a lot of money in two years' time. And uh, so there, there are things that, you know, you, you've got in mind, just things that you'd like to do. A vacation is not a necessity, folks. It's not a necessity. Sometimes we're better off staying home and, and doing all those house things that we put off all year long instead of going on a vacation. You don't have to buy everybody everything for Christmas. Those are not necessities. Absolutely they're not. You don't have to go somewhere on, an, on a special anniversary. You don't have to. I'm sorry. You just don't. How about property taxes? That is not something you have a choice on. If you own a piece of property, those property taxes come due every year. 
That's a short-term goal. Are you putting money aside for those property taxes all during the year? Have you made your own little escrow account so you can have it there so when it comes up, you don't suddenly go, oh, my Lord, how am I going to pay for this? I don't know. I don't. That's a short-term goal that has to be paid. Car insurance. I mean, these are things that have to be done. And so they're not things that are going to be in your monthly budget. You're not going to pay that probably once a month. But you need to start setting that kind of money aside. How about the ladies' conference when it comes time for that? It amazes me how many people say, well, I, I really, I, I'd love to come to a ladies' conference, but I can't. I don't have the money. It's only, what, $60? I mean, a, two bucks a week. Actually, a dollar and a half a week would have put you way over what you needed for it when it came due. Amen. I've heard people say, well, winter retreat. We just can't afford to send our kids to winter retreat. You know, winter retreat comes every two years. There was time to put that money together for them so that they'd have it. Camp. Camp comes once a year. You know it's coming. You know it's the middle of the summer. Why not put a few dollars here and a few dollars there? So, well, I don't have it. Well, how many times did you go to Starbucks last week? How many times did you run through McDonald's and get a cup of coffee? Well, it's only a dollar. It's only a dollar. That's right. It's only a dollar said five times during the week is five bucks. Five bucks a week toward a particular project goes a long way. Over the course of 20 weeks, that's a lot of money. You know, we, we, get to, we get to where we think in terms of, well, it's just such a small amount, it doesn't make a difference. It makes a difference. Listen, when I stopped and, and when I got off of, of, of diet sodas and we just strictly went to being a water drinker over 10 years ago, one day I, just, I looked and I thought, Lord have mercy, I have saved so much money. Not going out to eat and not buying a diet drink, not buying a drink, just having water every time we go out to eat. Do you know that's an enormous amount of money? Because they're charging you between two and three bucks in a restaurant for a soda. That, over the course of just six months, adds up to a stack of money. You know, I, I, I marvel at people who, who smoke because I've never smoked. My husband did, you know, for the first year or so that we were married. And back then, I don't even know what a pack of cigarettes cost. Do you remember? You know, you've long forgotten all, what was 50 cent a pack? I don't remember. But what are they now? I have no idea, but I know it's astronomical. I mean, how in the world can you afford that? How? I don't know. But we waste so much money on what we consider. Well, it's just a little thing. Little things add up. There's, there's a verse that said the little foxes spoil the vine. And honestly, when we add up all the little expenses of our lives and you put it all together, it's amazing the amount of money that adds up to. I mean, if you, just, if you went cold turkey and didn't spend a dime without it being a necessity and you kind of gave yourself a little bit of, a, of an addition over here on a piece of paper about what you would have spent, I bet you over the course of one week you would be totally amazed at what you had saved. Totally amazed. Um, a budget helps you meet long-term goals. How about retirement? How about a new home? How about a college education? I told my boys years ago when we were the, the church was young and there was just enough money to keep body and soul together. You know, I said, you better get some good grades because the government's paying for you to go to school. <laughs> You're going on scholarship money. And they did. Hallelujah. But, you know, a budget's going to help you in a lot of ways. A budget will help you establish and maintain good financial habits. A budget will help you keep your flesh under control, hopefully. That's the decision that has to be made. A budget will help you make good financial decisions that affect your life. Um, Steve and Christy have been married, right, gracious, let's see, they were married in 91, that means 28 years in July. 
And uh, they were both going to school, and they came to us, and they said, we want to get married. And I'm just going, ah, what? No, 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 not yet, not yet, not yet. Pastor said to me, he said, hold it, hold it. I got a plan. I got a plan. Just chill out. Don't go crazy here. And so he said, so he said, we'll talk to them. And so they came, and they sat down. I don't know if it was Steve and Christy came and sat down. Maybe it was just Steve. And, he, and his dad said to him, Steve, he said, you're both still in school. You're both on scholarships, which means that you have to keep your grades up to keep your scholarships. It also means that you both have to work enough to just kind of meet some living expenses that you have. Even though you do have scholarships, there's still other expenses that you've got to do. Now, give me a budget on what you think you can do if you get married. He was living with, a, with another young man from his church, and, and it was going great. You know, the expenses were very small. She was still living at home. And he said, you give me a budget and, and, and just kind of outline to me what you think, how you can manage married life, you know, because you'll have to have your own place. You won't be sharing expenses with anybody. So tell me what you can do. So a little while later, he comes back with a plan, and he, 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 he gave it to us, and we looked at it and laughed. I'm going... There were no any girls in our house, so he has no idea what girls cost. You know, I mean, I said, son, she's not going to be happy with a $10 haircut every six weeks. <laughs> there, I mean, that's what he had on. He had 10 bucks for a haircut, and I'm going, that ain't going to work. I said, you've never even considered things like makeup and hairspray and hair products and pantyhose and, I mean, we just went down a list. And I said, and to, and, and to add to that, you have not accounted for anything that would keep the sound of little feet from being heard in your home. And he's going, I'll get back to you. A year later, they came back and said, okay, now we're ready to get married. <laughs> She's about to be graduating and she can work a full-time job. <laughs> so there's, there's a budget will help you make a good life decision. <laughs> It'll help you keep your kids from jumping into things before they're ready, too. So, so I mean, there's really, there's really a lot of things that you need to always stop and consider. And a budget will help you stop and consider something that you're about to do. You think, well, these are little things. No, these are bigger things. I, I, I make it a, a habit not to go to Gainesville for one thing. There are always multiple purposes, for when I make a trip to Gainesville. Well, it's only 15 minutes down the road. Yeah, but you're talking about gas in the car. You're talking about wear and tear on a vehicle. You're adding miles to it. There's a lot more cost involved to it. Never just say, oh, I'm just going to go to Gainesville. No, I don't do that. I, I have multiple reasons to go when I go. Because it's costing you more than just that surface thing. You know, oh, I just, I just, I just got to have a, Oh, let me think. Uh, I just got to have, let's see, what is in Gainesville that I can't get around here? Uh, Starbucks? Oh, I don't do Starbucks. What's something I would have? Uh, uh, oh, I mean, I love this. I love this. I love the soup at, at Carabas. What? Pa I love Popeyes. I do. I love Popeyes. I do. I do. I do love Popeyes. But if I'm in Gainesville and Papa's is on the other side of town, I ain't going on the other side of town. I'm going to stay right over here. I'm not going to waste my money going over there. But when you stop and consider, if, if I love Popeye so good, which I really do, y'all keep that in mind. <laughs> spicy, not mild, spicy. Mm -mm, we ain't doing no, no mild stuff. Ain't no point in going to Popeye's for mild. Uh, I, can go to, I can go to Publix for that. Uh -uh. But... But for me to make a special trip to Gainesville just to get Popeyes cost me a lot more than the $5.99 that the chicken cost. Stop and think what you're doing before you spend it. Before you just say, well, I just got to have this. No, no, you don't just got to have this. You can have that when you're already there for something else. But you ain't got to make a special trip to get the Starbucks to get the, to get the latte or whatever, or to me to get the Popeyes. It's not going to happen. You need to stop and you need to think what it really is costing you. A budget should help you not make purchases for your instant gratification. 
every purchase ought to be looked at. Is this, is this just a satisfying, immediate craving that I've got? Or is there some common kind of asset that's going to be left when all is said and done? Now, I know Kira talked about, you know, the fact that they kind of went to the extreme with the Dave Ramsey budgeting issues. And to really, there, were, there are some people who need to go to the extreme when it comes to this kind of thing, to get things back in check. I, you know, just like right now we're building a house, and so I'm very conservative about other things I buy right now because I'd rather put it into what's going into my house than what's, you know, what I could wear or, or whatever. You know, it just, it doesn't make sense. I mean, I've got, I've got something staring at me here. It's a new place to live. It's, thank God, I'll be out of a rental house before long. Yes, Jesus. And so it's not worth it to me to go out and buy a whole bunch of clothes or go out to eat a whole lot or do this or that when I could, that represents to me, you know, something new in my kitchen. It represents maybe a new end table or a new lamp or something. Something that has long-term value. Too often, you know, we just... We just, you know, throw out that five or ten bucks, you know, and, you know, not without thinking. And, and really, did you need to? Did you really need to? Well, I got to Gainesville and I was hungry. I needed something to eat. Well, why didn't you eat before you left home? If you knew you were going to be gone around lunchtime, why didn't you eat before you came and got home, before you left home? Uh, you can't, you can't, you're not going to, you're not going to dry up and blow away in two hours. I promise you. You could wait till you got home to eat. Then nobody in here in danger of, you know, keeling over because they didn't eat lunch, you know, while they were in Gainesville. No reason for that. You, you can do without. Because all those little purchases add up. They do. And don't spend to impress somebody. Well, they're here and they're buying this and they're doing that. So what? What? So what? Nope. I'm not buying that today. You don't want something? Nope. No, I'd rather, I'd rather wait. I have this go-round, you know, a lot of times with, with people about, about, well, it's just not wisdom to spend it right now. Well, okay, that's true. It's not wisdom. It's just not a good idea. Now, you can turn into a tightwad with that kind of an attitude, or you can just be, you know, just be diligent. It depends on your, on your attitude. You know, it depends on what, you, what your goal is. What is your goal? What is, what is, what is, where are you headed with this thing? That's what you need to ask yourself. But don't ever spend money that you don't need to spend just to impress somebody. You know, it's not worth it. You don't, you don't have to keep up with anybody. You know, there was, there was a time in my life where I thought like I had to keep up with a certain person, and, and I decided, no, I'm not spending it. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. And... The roles are reversed now. Now, I'm well supplied, and they're struggling financially. Because they were spending money they had no business spending anyway. But I wasn't going to try to keep up with them. You don't know what somebody else's financial situation is. You don't know that they've got X amount of spendable income, disposable income, and that's what they're using. Their disposable income got disposed of a long time ago. And now they're working on money that they don't have. That's why when, you know, Kira and I were both talking about credit cards two weeks ago, you got no business with a credit card if you don't think you can handle it. None. Um, then there, a budget will help you this way. It will help you understand and know where you need to put your faith. That's probably one of the best things I, I know about. There was a quote that I got, and I, I had written it down in my old notes, and so I didn't write uh, anything that told me where it came from, but this, this um, couple wrote this, and I don't, like I say, I don't know where I got it from. It says, because of a budget, we can now know how to pray weeks or months in advance. The discipline of working with a budget actually helps our faith. So you've got a vacation that you'd like to take. Use your faith on these kind of things. You knowing that it's not a necessity, it's a desire of your heart. And see, God wants to meet the desires of our heart as well. If it's there and you can do it without putting yourself in a financial bind, wonderful. But if you can't, believe God for that money. 
It's a good way to exercise your faith. It's a good way to grow in faith. You know, don't wait until you're faced with a, this is, gonna, this is a make or break situation to learn how to operate in faith. Begin operating in faith for things that you'd like to have, but they're not life-threatening. They're not going to influence or diminish your, your quality of life in any way. Well, if I don't have a vacation, it's going to diminish the quality of life of somebody. No. no. <laughs> stay home and rest if that's your problem. Send the rest of them away somewhere, you know. But you stay home. Uh, a budget will help you stay current on your bills. How many times have I seen where people were late paying their bills? And now you've got to pay late charges and interest and all kinds of stuff and ruin your credit rating. When you have a budget and things are assigned to a particular pay schedule, you get paid once, once a week, you know, twice a month, once a month, whatever. It'll help you stay current. I, I, many's the time that, okay, the second week of the month is when I pay the electric bill, and where is it? It hasn't shown up. Where's my electric bill? I know this is when I pay it. And, and I have had to call the electric company and say, where's my bill? And, they, and they'd say, we had an issue with our computer system, and the bills are going out late, and so you'll have extra time, you know, to pay your bills. I'm going, okay, fine. Now, if I hadn't done that, you know, there are times bills get lost in the mail. How would you know? Okay, now they're charging you late fees, or maybe you're in danger of getting electricity cut off because you didn't pay it. But when you know when it's supposed to be paid and it didn't show up, now you can go start investigating. So it will help you keep, stay current when you have a budget. Uh, so really, to get started with, with a budget, what, what do you do? Number one, make a decision. First of all, make a quality decision. What is it you want to happen? What's your ultimate goal? Is your goal to be debt-free, or is it just to be able to manage what you have? What, what is your goal? Uh, Proverbs 16.3 says, Commit your works to the Lord, and your plans will be established. Listen, don't stick your head in the sand when it comes to finances as though your money troubles don't exist. You, you, you can't do that. Listen, if you've got a real financial issue, number one, own the problem. There's rarely people who are in a financial strait that was not of their own making. Now, I do understand that there are times when some, some things are catastrophic, like a catastrophic illness comes up, and suddenly you're inundated with medical bills. I understand that. But those, those are not common things. Those are things that, that, that most people don't have to deal with. So number one, own the problem. You got yourself in a financial strait, own the problem. Number two, repent. So, Lord, I am sorry I, I did not manage this well. Because, you know, we're stewards of the things God's given us. And everything that we have, God has provided for us. He wants us to be good stewards of what he provides for us so that he can bless us. He can't keep blessing us when we don't manage what we have already the best that we can. And, and then go to God and ask for some help. You know, Hebrews 4.16 says, Let us come boldly before the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. When do you need mercy? When you've made a mess of things. God is always there to bail you out. Over in 1 Corinthians 10.13, it says, He'll make a way of escape. He will always make a way. He will help you make a plan. He'll help you find the way out. He will help you get through. But he'll have a part, and you'll have a part. And so if you're in a financial bind, you need to sit down and, and just look it over and, and go from there. Uh, listen, short-term sacrifices will bring you a long-term payoff. Dave Ramsey said this. He said, discipline today leads to more options tomorrow. And he's right. Don't, don't think, well, I, I just can't do it. I can't stick to a budget. Well, then you need to start confessing Philippians 3, or 4.13. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Go back to Philippians 2. It's God that works in me both to will 
and to do of his good pleasure. His good pleasure is I get, get out of this financial bind I'm in. And he will help me, and I can do it. I want to do this. I can do it. I will do this. You know, and, and Kara said two weeks ago, she said, you know, there'll be times when you, you make a boo-boo. You know, well, just fine. Get up and start over. You know, just, just get up and say, okay, I messed up. You know, I, I wasted X amount of dollars when I shouldn't have, but I can, I can, I can, I can just get back on track now. I'm just going to get back on track. Base a budget on the minimum income you expect, not the maximum. There are some people here whose, whose income fluctuates. You know, we're, I'm blessed the fact that I always know what our income, you know, for our, our paychecks are going to be. So every week, you know, I've already got it laid out, and I've already got it marked. A budget means that you are allocating money before you even have it. It's already here. It's already, this, is where, this is where it's going. And I love the fact that, that Kira talked about a zero-dollar budget. You need to lay out a budget in such a way that every penny you expect to come in has a place to go to. It has an assignment already. Okay? You start off this plan by getting all your facts together. It's amazing how many people don't really know what they really owe. They don't really know. Because, well, I pay this and I pay this and I pay this. Have you ever sat down and listed it on a piece of paper? I did that a number of years ago when God started talking to, to me about getting out of, out of credit card debt. I think, we, I think that was back 1986 is what I want to think it is. Because we had some medical bills, which, I, which were mine, um, that had come up with some surgery that I had had to have, and we didn't have any insurance. And so we were paying for all this out of pocket. Well, when I sat down and started listing all the things that we owed, it was like, when I, I, just, I just got sick to my stomach. and went, are you kidding me? Really? We, we owe all this, all this, these different places, all this money? That was the day I made a decision, we're getting out of this. We are getting out of this. But you need, you need to be very aware of what is coming in and what is going out. People take too lax an attitude sometimes to, well, whatever comes in, I, I'll just pay it. Well, really? What happens when you've paid everybody else and now you don't have no money to buy groceries? What's when, you've paid, when you've paid everything but the electric bill, when you've paid everything but the car payment, you, you need to have a plan of action here. And the only way you're going to know that is to sit down and actually have a written list. What do I have coming in? What do I have going out? Now, what am I going to do here? I have to, I have to make a plan with all these facts. Uh, what are your fixed expenses? What do I mean by fixed expenses? Well, what's fixed, number one, is taxes. You know, they're going to take what they're going to take. So... Your budget's going to be based on after-tax dollars. The taxes have already come out. It should also be, be after-tithe money. If there's anything in, the, in, in my budget that's, that's number one on the list, number one is God's money, and then it's the government's money. You know, and so after that is what I have to work with. There are, those are the, those are, that's where I start. What I have left, that's my, to me, that is my, my NSI, my net spendable income. Paycheck, after taxes, after tithe. Now you say, well, you're talking about money management. What if I don't tithe? Well, there's a problem. That's part of your problem. Now, I'm sorry to tell you, this is, this is not a message on tithing tonight, but that's part of the problem. If you don't, if you don't recognize God and give him the 10% that belongs to him, you're committing a grievous mistake. I know from experience that that does not end well. God can't get involved in your finances if you never recognize him as the source of everything that you have. 10% is so small when you stop and you think about it. The man who, who started the J.C. Penney Company, Mr. Penny got to the place where he gave away 90% of his income and he lived on 10. Doesn't that sound amazing? You think, 
well, my heavens, how much money would you have to be making to be able to give away 90 and just live on 10? Well, it might not be as bad as you think, but it's just amazing how little you can live on if you had to. Somebody years ago who had a, a financial, big, huge financial reversal because of the economy um, came to me later and said, it's amazing how much you can do with a little. And I went, really? And they went, yeah, I mean, when, you know, you don't, you don't know how you can get by on so little until you have to. And that's true. Sometimes we need to put ourselves in a mode of, well, I have to do this just to see what you can do. Say, let's, you, know, you, you just want to see how much you can save this year, put into a savings account. Great. See how much you can, you can cut everything and how little you can exist on. That's pretty dire, pretty drastic. But you know what? It's a great place to take yourself, to voluntarily take yourself to see really the value of what's, what you have. I mean, really, do I really need all this stuff? Did I really need to buy this stuff? Did I really have to have this stuff? Did I really need to go here? Did I really need to do that? Did I, no, no, I really didn't. And to, and to think you've got money and savings then, wow, that's pretty awesome. Okay, now then you need to talk about things that are things like mortgage or rent. I don't have a mortgage payment. I don't have any rent. Well, then great. You ought to be great at savings then. You ought to be able to put a bunch of money into savings. Then there's things like property insurance, car payments, car insurance, medical insurance. Those kind of things are usually fixed. You know exactly what it's going to be from month to month. Then there are variable expenses you need to account for. Let me start at the top with God's offerings. You see, it's really not, it shouldn't be an option to us whether we give offerings or not. Yeah, but I give tithe. That's, that's not the same thing. Tithe is God's money. Offerings are your money. Do you hear me? Tithes, the tithe belongs to the Lord. It is holy unto the Lord. Offerings is what comes out of your pocket. And, and there ought to be a place that you allow in a budget for offerings of some kind. You ought to be able to put something toward missions every month. You ought to be able to put something toward any project that comes. I didn't, I didn't tell you how much. And I didn't say it's a lot. But you ought to be able to put something in there. there ought to be some, you ought to have a provision in your budget for offerings of some kind. Amen. Um, then there's food. Listen, uh, I, you know, I, I have a household of two, and so my, my food budget's a lot different than yours if you have a family. But I do know the time when I had to make a, a little bit of money stretch for four people. If, if you're at a place, you know, where other things have come up, expect God to bless you to be able to take the food budget you've got left and make the most out of it. I mean, honey, there's recipes out there that, that will they'll make two meals. Well, my people don't like leftovers. Too bad. Too bad. You're going to eat today, you're going to have leftovers then. That's all there is to that. Uh, I, there's a pastor friend of ours that lived up in New York and and, well, she, not somebody, a friend, I don't guess, just an acquaintance. And, and I heard her say one time that uh, her, uh, her son came in, he was a teenager at the time, and she put you know, the meal on the table. And he goes, well, I don't like that. She said, oh, honey, you don't like that? I'm sorry you don't like that. I'll, I'll take care of that. And she went over and she took his plate and went over and raked it in the garbage. She said, fine, this is not a restaurant. You'll eat what's set before you, you just won't eat. And I'm thinking, well, you know what? There's a whole lot of parents who ought to do that kind of stuff instead of kids turning their noses up at something. You know, this is what we got. If you want to eat today, this is what you're going to eat. If they don't want to eat, fine, do without. You know. You know but but the clothing, you don't have to have a brand new outfit for Easter. You don't have to have a brand new outfit for this. You don't have to have that. If it you know, if you're tempted, but oh, this is such a good deal, though. Stay out of the stores. Don't find out about the good deals. Cut off your emails from Belk 
or Dillard's or Macy's or Walmart or Target or whoever's sending you the sale flyers, cut them off. Don't unsubscribe to these people. If I need it, then fine. You know, I have lost 45 pounds. I need some new clothes. That, that I understand. I understand that. I usually tend to go the other way. I have gained this amount of pounds. I gotta have something to wear. You know, I can't get into that. You know, there, there sometimes is a reason that you have to have something, a new piece of clothing, uh, but not always. You know, it's we don't always have to have it. We don't always need this thing. So these are variables. Utilities turn the thermostat the other direction, whatever it is. You know. If it's summertime, you can live with it 78 in the house. You really can. If it's winter, you can live with it 65 in the house. You really can. This, this, this depends on where you're at in your budget scheme and where the bills are. I'm telling you, folks, it just all depends. You know, there, there, there are ways to do this. You, know, you might have to go sit in the refrigerator. You know? <laughs> you know, if, it's, if it's the middle of the summer and the air conditioner in the house is not, it's not on real high, you know. What about before air conditioning? Listen, I, I grew up without air conditioning. You people are, some of you, some of you people have never, have never lived life without air conditioning. I have lived life without air conditioning. When I was a kid, it was so hot at night that I would put my feet on the walls because the walls were cooler than the room. You know, we, we did all kinds of things. My grandfather never had air conditioning a day in his life until he moved in with my parents, you know, when he was way on up in age. And the man wore a long sleeve shirt every day of his life. You know, and so it just depends. We, we get so comfortable with things, you know, that we think we've got to have it. We've got to do this. We've got to. No, we don't. You really don't. But there are, there are things that have varying uh, dollar amounts tied to them. Those are things that you probably can do something about. Entertainment, you don't have to go to the movies. You don't have to have Netflix. You don't have to have cable. You don't have to have satellite. You don't have to have these things. You know, if you're really going to get your, your finances under control, there are a lot of things you can cut. Kara talked about that. You can cut the cable. You can cut all kinds of things. You know, you can get rid of this kind of stuff. It's not necessary. It's a, I'm appalled sometimes at what it costs, you know, just, just to have satellite TV. Really? I don't even know. I mean, we watch four channels, basically. I got the HGTV, the Holy Ghost Network. You know that that is, HGTV. <laughs> and the Food Network. And he says, why do you watch that? You never cook anymore. <laughs> And then there's Fox News <laughs> and a couple more. And that's all. And I'm paying how much for this? Really? So I'm thinking we get moved. Maybe we can just, maybe just, just forget the whole thing. I don't know. But you know what? You don't have to have a, it's not necessary to life. It's just not. You do need to account for some kind of savings in your budget. I can't, I can't manage more than $5. It's a good discipline to start with $5. You need to have some kind of savings to fall back on should something happen, some unexpected expense that you have to do something about. You need to do that. You need to have some kind of savings. I know what it's like to live paycheck to paycheck. The last time I bounced a check was in 1982 to this church. Because things were so tight that I made a $10 error in my checkbook. And that caused my tithe check to bounce. I understand. I understand that. But you still, as soon as you can get an extra couple of dollars, put a couple of extra dollars aside. This is, I'm saving this. The discipline of learning to save. You need to put something aside. And... Folks, when you're young, you need to put some things aside because retirement comes a lot faster than you think. You think, well, I've got plenty of time. If you don't develop a, a habit of putting money aside for the future, you'll never have anything when the future comes. Didn't we go over that 
what is it, last two weeks ago, we are talking about debt, how so few people have money put aside for, for retirement. They have no savings. You know, they, they, they didn't plan for it. You know, it just, the Bible talks about saving over, over in Proverbs. There's a couple of places over there like um, Proverbs 6, verse 8, and Proverbs 30, verse 25, talked about saving for the future. You know, they had, had, you know, the allegory of an ant, you know, who puts aside things for the, for the in, in summer, you know, for later. That's, that's a good way for us to take the same analogy. When you're young, start putting money aside. You think, well, it's not going to amount to much. You have no idea what it can amount to over the course of 30 or 40 years. It can amount to a lot of money. Um, okay, so now you've figured out what your expenses are your income and your outgo. Compare the two of them. If you've got more outgoing than incoming, some changes have to be made. Some dire changes might need to be made. You make the adjusted adjustments necessary so that, so that they're at least equal. You know, you, you don't no more is going out than is coming in. Because you can, you can live that way for a while, but you cannot keep going in the hole every single month. It will catch up with you. And then you'll be in a real huge bind. I mean, that just adds to the stress of life. Don't, don't do that. Um, like I said before, assign every dollar of your income to something. Review your budget often. So you, you're, you're familiar with it. You, you know what's there. You know what's not there. You know what you have coming up. Keep up with expenditures. If you have credit cards... I'm here to tell you, you need to cut them all up except for one. I was in, in, in Walmart returning something yesterday, and the man ahead of me was returning something, and they needed the credit card that, that he used for that purchase. They could put it back on that credit card. And he pulled out a stack of credit cards, and I'm going, I'm standing there going, oh, my word. He must have had 20 credit cards he was going through to find the right one for Walmart. And I'm just going, dear Lord, I would hate to be, I would hate to know what your financial situation is like. It's not good. I don't care how many deals they tell you you're going to get if you're a member of this, you know, and you take our credit card and you'll get extra five cents a gallon off if you'll get the Shell credit card or the mobile credit card or the Exxon credit card or whatever. Throw them away. Get rid of them. You can't keep up with things that way. Make changes to your budget. When you've got a plan, when God's given you a plan, make changes as needed. If something goes up, something else is going to have to come down. You've got to stay at least where you're, where you're you know, on an even keel every month. Keep a version of your budget handy so you can refer to it quickly and easily. We've already talked about that. Count the cost before you buy something or commit to anything. Don't buy anything under pressure. Yeah, but it's a good deal, and it's only lasted today. The fact is, I was, I'm looking for a new couch, and uh, I've got money already set aside for X amount of dollars for some new furniture. And, and uh, I, I saw there was a big sale going on at a store that was in the Ocala area, and there's not one in, in the Gainesville area. And I thought, maybe I'll run down there and, and, and check it out because I can't tell online. This looks like the couch I might be interested in, but I really can't tell. You know, so maybe I need to go down there. So I, I didn't have time. It was, it was what, President's Day. And I thought, oh, I could go Tuesday. I've got, I've got things to do today on this Monday. I can't go down there. So I called them up, and I said, uh, how long is this sale going to be on? Well, it's just today. Most of these furniture guys, you know, it's like the whole week of President's Day. Nope, it's today. I thought, well, I'm not going down there. I will not be pushed into buying something just because today is the last day. Yeah, but this car is not going to be here for very long. This car is going to sell right away. This house is going to sell right away. Oh, there's people lined up to buy it. Fine, let them line up to buy it. I had, can tell you from experience, any time I have ever made a decision to buy something with that kind of pressure, it was the wrong decision. But this deal won't come again. Yeah, it will. Yeah, it will. Maybe even a better one. You know, there are times you have to look to the inside, number one, to say, I don't buy under pressure. 
a car salesman tried to put us under pressure uh, a couple years ago when I, when I was looking for a new car. And uh, I really liked this one particular car. And so we were kind of dickering back and forth. And, you know, the car sales thing, you know, it's just crazy. And so we were sitting in this office, and the guy made the mistake. He said, well, well sir, y- your wife really wants this car. And I looked at him and said, you're done. Let's go. Anybody who uses those kind, of, those kind of tactics, I mean, I am done talking to you. We're not talking anymore. You need to be aware of people who are good salespeople, who try then to defy the husband and wife when it's a decision they're having to make. That, that guy made a big mistake. I won't ever go back to that dealership to buy a car because of that nonsense. People have gotten into things like timeshares, uh, vacation club packages, um, I'm guilty back when I was 7, 18 years old, uh, committing to some kind of a photo club. You can get all of these pictures, you know, for X amount of dollars, and it was stupid, and I let this person talk me into it. I mean, if it's a pressure situation, don't you sign anything. Just say, I'll have to talk to you later. But today's the last day. Now, I, I asked this one guy one time, how many times do I have to say no? How many times do you, is it going to take for you to let, to let me go? I said no. I mean no. I'm not changing my mind. The answer is still no. But there are some people who cave to that, and they know that's why they keep on pressing and keep on pressing and keep on pressing. But do not, under any circumstances, allow yourself to commit to anything under pressure and count the cost of anything you're going to do before you buy. Well, how about... Um, a home. Well, we want, we, want to, we want to own a home. We're tired of renting a home. Well, have you considered what a home costs? It's not just the mortgage. It's the taxes. It's the insurance. It's the repairs. There's no landlord who's going to come fix it if it breaks now. And there are times in your life where you're much better off to rent instead of buy. You, you need to figure that out. How about that? Is it better for me just to rent it? But I'm not building into the future. Well, now let's stop and consider that. If I'm not having to pay the mortgages, and I'm not having to pay the taxes, and I'm not having to pay the insurance, and I'm not having to, to, to do the upkeep, what, what are you saving? What, what's your investment? You have to stop and think about these things. Yeah, but I want, and I want this car. You know, I made a mistake. We, we bought a car one time, and, I'm, and after we bought it, I went, it requires, you can't, use, you can't use regular gas in this? He goes, no, you can't use regular gas in this. I'm going, well, I wouldn't have bought this car if I'd known that. I, I loved that car. That was my Q45, so it was okay. You know, but, but you, need to, you, need to, you need to be investigating before you buy something. Count the cost of what it is you're about to buy. We've done renovations. You know, we're, we're doing a house building. You need to count the cost ahead of time. So you know that you can afford what you're getting yourself into. You don't want to get in the middle of a home renovation and get half done and say, I don't have any more money. Now what am I going to do? Oh, am I going to go take out a loan? Oh, am I going to put it on my credit card? How am I going to finish this? I mean, the bathroom's only half done. What am I going to do? No. Count the cost before you go into it. Okay? Um, and we're about, I'm about to have to quit. Um, Don't spend surplus or unexpected income without asking God what you ought to do with it. Years ago, um, I started taking any raises we got, and they became savings. I, I can live on what we've been making. We can, we can do just fine on what we've been making. We're going to take all the rest as we're going to start putting in savings. Don't just say, oh, I can, now I can go buy this. That's not, maybe not what the surplus should be for. There are times when God will bless you with something that he wants you to use it as a seed to put somewhere else. Many of the times somebody's putting money in our hands unexpectedly, you know, $100, $200, whatever, and we wound up giving that away. Didn't even keep it. The, the church received $25,000 for somebody a number, several years ago. I thought it was a hoax. I thought it was just some kind of a scam because they called and wanted to know 
you know, if we were a 501c3 organization and all these different questions, and I'm thinking, who in the world is this? Well, we have somebody who wants to give the church, you know, some money, and um, we just need to make sure that it's a 501c3 organization. We're, we're the people who distribute out this, this fund or this, this person is set up, and I'm thinking, yeah, right. A few days later, a check showed up, and I'm going, okay, is this a bogus check? So I called, and I made sure the check was good. Well, it was good. We were in the middle of trying to pay off the church. You know what pastor did with it? He goes, we're giving this to this, this, and this. And I'm going, okay. We gave it all away, $25,000. We sold it into other ministries, and we're able to pay the church off. Listen, sometimes God puts something in your hand that he wants you to use to sow so that he can turn around and bless you bigger later. So I'm going to stop with that. You know, we got a few more things to talk about next time. Um, if you have any questions or anything I can, I can address, please let me know because I don't think I have enough to fill up a whole other session. So I'd really like, you know, to, to have some things that you want to talk about to know what those things are so we can cover some things. Because honestly, practical issues really need to be addressed, and they need to be addressed in the church as well to help you because there's nothing that brings joy to our hearts anymore than to see you number one take the word of God and apply it in your lives and see you prosper because of it it also means taking the practical things and applying it and seeing you prosper so that's what we're trying to do with this little set of, of uh, services so anyway good night go home God bless and bless At Impact Family Church, it is our desire to see you blessed through the power of the Word of God. We have been helping people to change their world for over 25 years through our dynamic ministries and teaching. If you are going to be in the North Central Florida area and are interested in attending our services or just want more information about us, you can visit us online at www.impactfamilychurch.com.